dead than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Tuesday. Hope you're all doing well. So far, so good. And the gaming world keeps revolving. Well, well, well. Let's see. Beautiful day out. Yeah, I think I'll go out walking in a bit. That'd be nice. Hope you're, if you're still indoors and enduring this COVID thing, well, I'm pulling for you. I'm still there for you. And I hope this gives you about, oh, somewhere between 8 to 15 minutes worth of distraction from it anyway. So, watched a film today. And it gave me, an, it gave me, I don't know, some thoughts about about character, and we'll talk about that after this. All right. Before I get into anything else, I have a voicemail from John Allen Large of the Red Dice Diaries. He's talking about the puzzles thing I was talking about earlier. So go ahead, John. Hi, Glenn. It's John here. Just been listening to your trappings episode where you're talking about puzzles and a GMs that are calling a pl- calling players stupid for not sort of working out a puzzle straight away. And I pretty much agree with you. It's really not on, man. I mean, we, we were talking a little bit about this as it pertains to mystery plot lines on the, the Purple Worm podcast recently. And I was making the point that it's very easy as a GM to set out a mystery or a puzzle or something and then think that it's very easy to solve while you've got all of the the different clues and whatever there. Whereas to the players, it may not seem that easy because they're not sort of invested in it. They've not seen behind the scenes as you have. So it can be quite difficult for them. So I agree, you have to have a degree of flexibility and you have to have a few contingencies in place if maybe the player characters are struggling a bit. But yeah, you definitely should not berate your players for not immediately getting a puzzle. Thank you, John. I appreciate that. Yeah, I've had problems sometimes. Whenever I did puzzles, when I first started doing a couple things like that, some clever stuff, I'm much more of a trap person than a puzzle person, I found out, because I put puzzles in there that I tried to be a little too clever. That's the thing. You cannot be too clever about it. Yes, it works in movies, but not in role-playing games. Case in point, the movie Men in Black. They had that clue where they had the first movie where they had to save that universe. And one of the agents, the dog guy, said, he says, you humans just don't understand. Just because it's a, just because it's a galaxy doesn't mean it can't be very, very small. Because they said it's in the necklace or whatever the clue was. And yes, near the end of the movie, you, they got the clue. And so they knew what they were looking for, and then, you know, the movie went on from there. But I would never put that in a game, because unless unless you had somebody like that, that agent there, dropping a big clue in their lap like that, even then I would think twice about it. Because I like to do the three-clue rule about things, just to be, it's it's a redundancy thing. You should set up every clue you give them, every puzzle you... If you're going to give them a puzzle, you should set up redundancies like that. And as far as them not getting it, I you risk stopping the game cold. In the second, in the second place, I'm not that kind of GM. I would never... 
I would never berate my players the way I've seen some GMs do. But you're absolutely right. I, you know, we're, we're in agreement on that, I'm saying. But it's just, you've got to be careful. You're really careful about puzzles. I look at something and I go, hmm, could I solve this if I knew nothing about it? If somebody slapped this puzzle in front of me and I had to do it, would I be able to figure it out from, the gra- from, from ground zero? So, you know, I'm not saying not do puzzles, but just, you know, take take caution and build in redundancies. That's all. Thank you, John. Thanks for thanks for giving me your ins- your input on that. And you folks can do it too, you know. I'm here. I'll talk about it in, in the end. Anyway, I want to talk about I recently got a copy on Blu-ray of a favorite movie of mine called Fat City. It was directed by John Huston, stars stars Stacy Keach, Jeff Bridges. And it's one of my favorites, but it's also kind of a depressing film. Well, it can be a depressing film because it's about these these down and outers in Stockton, California. Stacy Keach is a past his prime prize fighter, and Jeff Bridges, a young Jeff Bridges, is an up and coming prize fighter. And you can tell that some of the, a lot of these guys are on their last legs and they don't know it. Or maybe they do know it. But they try to make something of themselves. I'm not going to give away the ending or anything, but it's about what I expected. But I'm thinking about that as characters. Not only NPCs, but player characters. I mean, you know, I think of when I create a player character, I just treat it like I'm doing an NPC. You know, somebody's interesting. And... These fringe people, the drunks, the ne'er-do-wells, the, the losers, I think make great characters, not only as NPCs, but as player characters. Play a character with a tragic flaw. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to just regurgitate what people have said before, what I've said before. But the point is, not all of them have to be... Uh, you know, like a farm boy to galactic hero. I think sometimes it's much better, it's much more fun to take somebody who's like a down-and-outer, like an alcoholic, or something like that, somebody with anger issues, or something where they have this just flaw that just keeps them down, and you start the game that way, and you manage through playing the game to get them into heights of hero, heroism, heroism, heroism. I can't talk today. Heroism. I think in, that's just as satisfying as starting from being a nobody. In fact, I feel it's much more satisfying because I like to play these characters because at one time they were somebody. They could have been somebody. Or they just, either they were somebody and they fell down, you know, they they declined. Or they just, they had all these dreams, but they could never realize them for one reason or another. Maybe it's a lack of self-confidence. Maybe it's low self-esteem, whatever. You just got to think of it that way. And if you can do something like that, where you can make a character, say, from the gutter, and have him end up 
as not only a working member of society, but as a real hero, a real somebody who's really accomplished much and gotten their gotten their confidence back. That's a special thing. That's really a special thing. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to put you know like social commentary or whatever on this, but taking a character from the bottom and bringing him somebody who's I shouldn't say from the bottom. I say somebody who's hit bottom and take him all the way. You know, aside from twelve stepping him, I guess I don't know. It's just, but you see where I'm going with this. I just think you can take these people and just make them so much more. Somebody who just got this fatal fight, even if it's something like they have a low, low intelligence. I'm talking about, I had a guy who played a three intelligence fighter one time. He came to a bad end, yeah. I mean, he didn't last very long, what I'm saying is. But I could have taken that character, and if I played him right, I could have brought him to really something. You could really get a satisfied character arc out of that. So that's something to think about when you come with NPC backgrounds or player character ba- or player uh, character backgrounds. So that's something for you to chew on. And I gotta go start my day. So if you guys want to talk about this or anything else, oldmangrognar at gmail.com, or you can get a, drop me a voicemail and anchor. We're monetized, so as little as ninety-nine cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. Thanks again to Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, Jason, and John Allen. You guys are great. Don't forget Dan Greggs, the Jung Y-U-N-G, Jung Grognar podcast, Mark C. Wallring's the Yawning Albert podcast, and John Allen Larges, the Red Dice Diary. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.